Jabba ruled with fear. I intend to rule with respect. What is up, everybody, and welcome back to the Wayward World podcast reaction and review of the Book of Boba Fett, Episode 7, In the Name of Honor. I've, I finally remembered those title names. Right. I'm, yeah. <laughs> I'm Sid, and with me is my major domo, Jeff. How are you doing, Jeff? I'm doing pretty well. It's early. It uh, is. But I had some coffee, so... We are recording this on the Saturday. It's supposed to be uploaded <laughs> um, because of work. Um, it is. I, I work a job where two times out of the whole entire year, I work on call. And um, t- today was that day. <laughs> uh, so, yeah. How are you doing? What's How are you feeling? Pretty good. Pretty good. You? I'm doing, you know, I'm doing the best I can, you know? Like doing the best I can. I, let's just say, let's just put it at that. The book of Boba Fett, it's over. It is. Yeah. Now we have to wait until May to see Obi Wan. May twenty fifth, the forty, the fifty, forty fifth, anniversary of Star of, Wars. Uh, yeah, of Star Wars. That's. Yeah, but, I mean, they they chose a pretty because I was expecting them to uh, choose May fourth, but that's a pretty auspicious date as well. Yeah. Um. Do you know, like, not to talk about Obi Wan Kenobi, but um, you notice anything in that poster? There is a reference there well uh there's a lot of sand well that and uh obi-wan has the high ground at least from that perspective yes he does he does it's yeah. like the way well, you've seen the meme going around where he has an anakin proof house right oh it's yeah on a hill so he's gets surrounded by sand it's on the high ground yeah i'm excited to like potentially talk about that show but i don't want to announce anything just yet yeah. well, <laughs> um, unless unless we get the bad batch in between i don't know when they're going to do that yeah you have Bad Batch, you got Andor. We got a lot. Of, we're we're gonna eat really well this year. It's gonna be Star a good Wars. start, good year for Star Wars. Uh, yeah, and unlike last year, but um, <laughs> um, that's that's those shows aren't important right now. Right now, it's important to talk about the Book of Boba Fett, uh, yeah. Chapter Seven, the finale. Uh, but before we do that, I want to remind everybody that this is the Wayward World podcast, um, where we upload a bunch of different shows each and every each and every day. Um, on Sundays, it's the Rewind, and on other days, it's Are You There, my solo series. Make sure you subscribe on YouTube, like, comment, share. Uh, look up the Wayward World podcast on YouTube until we get 100 subscribers so we can get that sweet, sweet URL. And then look us up on podcast services everywhere. Anything with a cast at the end, we're there, including Facebook podcasts. And uh, Spotify also has videos, so go check us out there. Patreon.com slash Wayward World podcast is where you can support the show monetarily or at the dollar level. You can buy me something off the dollar menu at mcdonald's or at the five dollar above level you can help support the show by getting exclusive content um episodes early newsletters hangouts and uh possibly being a guest on the show so please go support on patreon.com slash wayward world podcast uh shout out to jared petty as always for being my podcast dad i don't think i did that in the last couple of these things but you know we love jared petty on the show um now jeff what did you think of the book of boba fett Chapter seven in the name of honor. It was all right. Yeah. I mean, it, uh, it didn't, the, the way the show had been going because literally every single episode uh, by my reckoning, anyway, I know you weren't a fan of episode three, but by my reckoning, every single episode had been better than the previous one. 
-hmm. So my expectations were high. Even if that pattern didn't continue, I was expecting, you know, I was expecting to either be blown away or to be blown away adjacent. I wasn't, but I still enjoyed it. You know, there were, there were definitely parts of it that were fun. Uh, I, I enjoyed watching it um, and whatnot. Yeah. It's it's coming off the high of episode six. It was a little bit of a. Yeah. I think like that, that was the Mandalorian's fault (laughs) for like, I mean, fair. Yeah, but um, I, I definitely agree with you. It definitely, um, I enjoyed it. I, I, I think I enjoyed it more, more than most people. I think like I was kind of going into it um, either going to be like really disappointed, like there's going to be a lot of loose ends because like we didn't get a lot of Boba Fett in the last two episodes to like tie everything together. I was just like, oh man, I don't know how they're going to stick the landing for this like finale where a lot of things feel like they need to be stuck together. But somehow, uh, somehow Palpatine returned. Somehow they like answered every question and like every question that they had asked in this show, yeah. which is like, there, there were no real dangling plot threads unless you count like the, uh, the Tuscan warrior. Cause like, you was like, well, we never saw her body. Is she alive? You know, but other than that, uh, I mean, they, they wrapped everything up pretty nicely. Yeah. I, you know, like there's room for her to return. Um, if like, it didn't feel like the, the book of book. I, I feel like this isn't the last time we're going to be seeing this crew yeah. in some yeah. fashion, which is what? Well, oh, go ahead. Oh, I was going to say it's a waste of a good character if, if she doesn't. So, oh, yeah, for sure. I think we could see her in Obi Wan, like, you know, Obi Wan talking with the Tuscans and we see our gal, you know. Like well, she'd it, be a child at that point, wouldn't she? It, the the Tuscan woman would be a Tuscan girl, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> um, but no, I I think what was so great about this finale is I realized just how much I love all these characters, like even the mod squad. Like I know I like kind of shit on them in episode three and episode four. I kind of came around, but even the mod squad were like, I, I love them. Uh, I love the guys look big controversy on the Internet, but like a lot of people hated the little spinny spin he did. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> right now there was a, I was going to make a joke later. I was going to say uh, scad like Anakin before him knows that spinning is a good trick. Oh yeah. <laughs> uh, but uh, now I feel, I feel vindicated because I was on board with the mods right from the start. I liked them right from the beginning. Uh, so I didn't, yeah. I, I didn't necessarily hate them. I just thought they were kind of weird. And I think in episode four, they like introduced them the concept of the mods a little bit better um, I kind of, mm. I kind of wished it was like flip flopped because I think maybe I would have liked that episode a little bit yeah. more. Well, because episode four was the one where we had the flashback of Fennec getting her mods, right? Yes. Yeah. Okay. So I think you're right. I think if they had showed that, and this goes back to what we were talking about before, whereas if the show had been uh, portrayed in chronological order, uh, it would have made a lot, a lot of things would have made a lot more sense and would have, would have had more weight to them. Yeah. Uh, and that's and that's one of them. So I do think you're right about that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But uh, overall, like I I loved all these characters. I was scared shit for shit, like for Chrysanthemum. I was like, you, you can't. Yeah. He was about. How? To OK. How? How is he alive? I yeah. mean, I get he's an eight foot tall, massive Wookiee gladiator. But I mean, there were like six. I didn't count them, but I'm, I'm assuming it was around six. Trandoshans piled on top of him mm-hmm. like. And then now it's it's very it's very handy in that his escape from them was off screen. So they don't need to show how he did it. It's like, oh, he somehow Kersantin escaped, you know, (laughs) and then he's here as like, no, no, not somehow. How did he do that? Yeah, there was he was he was dead to rights like he was 
he was boned and then no he's fine well he's not fine he's limping but uh he's he's alive mm-hmm. and he his health seemed to improve as the episode went along did you notice that yeah like he had he was he was limping less he had more vigor he was more like is he is he wolverine like what the fuck's <laughs> going on yeah, well, canonically, actually, he has a lot of cybernetics because of like mm. his time as a gladiator. So, yeah. uh, like, I don't know if a lot of that translated onto the TV show, like, too much, like, of like Chris Hansen's history. But I think uh, in the comics, he definitely had a lot of cybernetic uh, cybernetic implants and stuff like that. So, mm. um, that could have come into play. You know, he was also, you know, like his gladiator history. Like, he probably yeah. tolerates a lot more pain compared to like a a Chewbacca. Well, yeah, the pain, sure, but like, I don't know. I mean, it does explain why he gets along with the mod so well, I guess. Yeah, exactly. Um, but no, the, uh, like we got to see a lot of a lot of cool Boba Fett action, um, like just kind of going in order here, like the going to Garcithwip's uh, sanctuary. And mm-hmm. yeah, basically, Garcithwip is like dead, <laughs> mm-hmm. you know, like that whole place is charred down. And um, it kind of gave a lot of uh, Last Jedi vibes where, you know, like, we're trying to give out a call to our friends to like help us out mm-hmm. and uh our, your friends are not coming and <laughs> it's just boba and his his little crew and i was i think the one surprise that i had was um the entire like organ crime lord organization and tattooing going against boba mm-hmm. Fett. i thought it was just gonna be one guy i no, i that didn't really surprise me like the 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 voiceover in my head at that moment was, ah, curse your sudden but inevitable betrayal. You know, mm-hmm. like uh, that was telegraphed that that was going to happen. Yeah. You know, I, at most, I thought maybe one of them wouldn't. And that would be the twist. Like it was only two out of three that turned on him. But as soon as they showed the, as soon as Fennec did her little narration, which was a little awkward, uh, in my opinion, the writing of like, let's just have Fennec narrate everything that's going on. Uh, but um, it's like, okay, they're, they're, the Gamorreans are in this territory, the mods are in this territory, uh, Chrysanthemum's in this territory. Uh, I'm thinking, it's like, oh, that's not a good idea. Probably shouldn't have done that. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, so yeah, that, that, that felt pretty telegraphed to me. Yeah, I mean, I guess that's fair. I mean, I, I guess like just going off of like what the, I mean, I should have thought, I should have expected it. Like, I guess it was a half surprise, but the way they mm-hmm. played up that Clantonian, like back in episode um, four, of like mm-hmm. being kind of an asshole to Boba Fett. <laughs> like I thought yeah. he for sure was going to like stab him in the back. It seemed like everyone else was chill, but you know, I, when you're dealing with crime, like it, I guess it yeah. does make sense. Like it's Boba's own fault for trusting crime Lords to keep their word or whatever, you know, like, mm-hmm. yeah. And I, I, I just loved how it kind of wrapped up like the identity, like themes, like in this episode, Um, you know, talking about, Mandalorian and uh, Mando Dinjarin and Boba Fett talking about like yo you still believe that Bantha Pudu like the this is the way and stuff like yeah. that like that was uh, that was very interesting that Mando for sure is like a hundred percent like part of the creed like he oh yeah Mando, he was like yeah know. we talked about that last week too like even though he's been as you say he's been kind of excommunicated so to speak to him it's still important you know he's going to keep that creed whether whether the, the covert lets him stay with them or not like that's still uh, and it, he's internalized it it's very important to him and i think uh we touched on it last week as well like ahsoka like she's not a jedi but like a lot of the tenets of the jedi are very important to her and she still holds with them 
and which was actually one of the reasons why she left the Jedi Order in the first place is because she felt like, you know, it's like, well, these are all the important things that that I've been taught that are that have value and the order themselves don't seem to be keeping with it, you know. Exactly. But that's and, uh, yeah. Oh no, no, I, I absolutely agree. And I um it'll be interesting to see how Boba Fett plays along like uh, mm. like with the idea of being a Mandalorian and cuz like, you know, the crime lord thing like is still very interesting. Like I don't think mm-hmm. Boba Fett like I don't see him. I don't think he's a crime lord anymore. Like for sure. Well, like uh yeah. I, he's more it's now that like um Shabbos or whatever mayor the Doc Shabbos or whatever his name was, the, yeah. the Ithorian is dead now. It seems like he has a more merrily role. Uh, yeah. Tatooine. He, he keeps referring to himself as a crime lord or a daimyo, but it's like, are you though? It's like the Thor meme. Like, are you? Because mm-hmm. like nothing you're doing is really, you know, crime lordy. Like at the beginning, he was trying to set up this system where he had the other crime lords paying him tribute, but like nothing that he did in this episode like it is crime lordy, you know, like he's defending the town, you know, I will not abandon these people. And it's such as it's like, that's, that's not what a crime lord does, sir. I don't, yeah. I don't know where you're at with this. And he's shutting down the spice trade, which, you know, had never occurred to him until Mando brought it up. He's like, yeah, sure. Okay. Let's do that. You know? Like, yeah. Like, okay. Okay. Whatever. <laughs> yeah. It seems like the, uh, the creed that he makes fun of the Mandalorian, he's more, mandalorian than mm-hmm. like anything else now yeah well and i mean because he's never really been interested in being a mandalorian mm-hmm. like you know obviously uh jango was a foundling and he was you know part of mandalorian society he became a bounty hunter and he raised boba but like boba himself and because this was always the big debate in the fandom for years is like is boba fed a mandalorian is he not and uh, we had the prime minister in that one Clone Wars episode, you know, scoff and say that the Fets aren't Mandalorians. And that, uh, that was like, oh, that's definitive proof. They're not. And then mm-hmm. it's like, oh, no, wait, uh, <laughs> his chain coats and the armor, they are men, you know, like, but like Boba Fett himself has never really given a shit mm-hmm. about being man. But I think like because of this new outlook he's got from the Tuscans and how similar it is to the Mandalorian creed, even just the regular one, not necessarily Din's more radicalized version of it, but just the general sense of, of um, community and loyalty that the Mandalorians have. I think he's, he's going to ad- identify with that a lot more than he used to. And he's going to be a lot less cynical about it. Yeah. It'll be interesting to see how Boba Fett plays out in the Mandalorian, which I, I think it's, I think that show, you know, it's telling now that Mando and Grogu have like reunited and it seems mm-hmm. like Grogu has picked his path, which we'll get into in just a bit here. But um, it'll be interesting to see where Mandal- uh, where Boba Fett's like, like where where his allegiance, well, not his allegiance, but where like where his tribe's going to be at. Like, is he yeah. going to be a Mandalorian? Is he going to like, is he going to adapt the way? You know, like it is like it's I don't think he'll go that far, but I think, like I say, he's probably got a lot more respect for for Mandalorian culture than he used to. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see how they exploit that. And yeah, I I feel like they've deliberately set that up. Well, and I mean, even Cad Bane himself, you know, said like, oh, you tried to go straight. It's like being a crime lord isn't going straight. Like he, he really was by the end. He was 
trying to basically go legit and be like an actual leader, which is really the only explanation for uh, their weird insistence on staying in the city. Mm -hmm. Like I, that seemed really forced. Like the writers were like, well, we want the big action scene to take place in the streets. How are we going to get them to be there? It's like, well, we'll come up with a reason for them to go instead of doing the tactically sound thing and retreating to their fortress and fighting on their own terms. And it's like, no, we'll just have them come up with a reason to stay in the city. Well, uh, it, it yeah. didn't really make a lot of sense, mm-hmm. but yeah. yeah, well, it, it was interesting that you brought that like you brought that up because like it was Finnick who suggested that they stay in the city. Boba wanted to retreat. Remember, was I it remember, Finnick? I thought it was Drash. Uh, one of them. Like it, it was um, it was someone. Drash? Yeah, because Drash and Scad were like, well, you can go back to your fancy palace if you want, but we're going to stay here. And it's like, well, you know, the palace is more easily defendable and there'll be fewer civilian casualties and collateral damage. But OK, whatever you want, you know. Yeah. And then we just need more back to dreams, dude. Like uh, we can't we can't destroy Jabba the Hutt's palace. That's so iconic. Like just it's the Star but, Wars. I don't know. But, but it, like it. it it's sense. a citadel. It's like it's it's an easily defensible position. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's it's their own home turf, so like they know the terrain better. There's no civilians or private property to worry about for, like I say, for collateral damage or anything. Like th- nothing makes sense about staying in the town. Even if your stated thing is like, well, we're trying to protect the people of the city. Protect them from what? The pikes aren't coming after them. They're coming after you. If you go away, the pikes will go where you go. Like they're not going to come into the city. And, you know, like what, what is the reasoning here? I don't, yeah. I don't, it was basically just the writers wanted the fight to take place in the city. So mm-hmm. they, they shoehorned in a reason for them to be there. That's fair. Um, I, I, I won't argue with that, <laughs> but uh, I, at least like, at least it made kind of sense. Like, at least like it kind of just like in this weird meshy, meshy way, like of trying to like make Boba Fett grow as we were like talking about like him not necessarily being a crime lord anymore, like him going yeah. le- like legit. So yeah, yeah, he feels a sense of responsibility. And I mean, I I don't think they communicated that very well uh, or at least executed it. But I think like the, as you say, the the sentiment is there that he is trying to to show that it, this is his new, uh, his new character. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I what some of the like uh, going back to like Garces uh, Sanctuary, um, the, the whole Boba Fett and Mandalorian like like fight scene, like them coming in with their jetpacks. Oh, that, that was cool. Yeah, that yeah. was legitimately cool. Again, probably not the best decision, uh, tactically speaking, you know, like let's we, we're let's abandon cover and go out in the open and fight a numerically superior enemy. But it was pretty cool to watch. Like, mm-hmm. I'm not going to lie. Yeah, I mean, like they they got best car. They're fine. It didn't like get shot every other day. <laughs> yeah. Well, and did you notice that they that, that was the only time that the Pikes ever actually managed to hit anything was when oh. they either when they hit the best car on Boba and uh, and Din, or when they hit uh, Santos' little uh, bandolier thing. Like they never hit anything else. They 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 worse aim than stormtroopers, and our guys never seem to miss. Like you got the mods who are basically a street gang. They're like, beep, 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 beep. And they're like hitting every target right dead center in the chest. And the bad guys are like, what is laser? I don't, I don't laser. understand what's happening. You know? Yeah. And, and Scott <laughs> was going for the, uh, the style points. There's a little spinny spin. Yeah. 
Yeah, I have yeah, necessary spins. Yeah, but I also I think that's just Robert Rodriguez too. Like, mm. like he makes like these kinds of movies. And it's not unusual in Star Wars to have the the good guys be much better shots than the bad guys, but it's not generally so incredibly one sided. Mm-hmm. You know, you you you're, and I think the problem with it was is because usually in Star Wars battle scenes unless it's like just one or two characters, you've got a large force on either side and there's a lot of extras Mm -hmm. and you can have the extras die to show that the bad guys can also use weapons competently and just the main characters are okay. Whereas in this, everyone on our side, except for the Gamorreans, may they rest in peace, Mm -hmm. uh, was a, a main or a supporting character that we were invested in and we didn't want them to die. So it was like, well, we don't have any, we don't have any red shirts or extras for the bad guys to hit. So I guess they just won't hit anybody. Yeah. You know? do, you, do you think like the show hit its budget at some point and they were like, we we couldn't like do the grand battle like that. This was like I don't feel like that because like they had you know there were the big scorpionic droids and there was the rancor and and whatnot. So I mean I I don't feel like they they had to worry about it. But and it's it's Star Wars and disney like they're gonna throw as much they're gonna be like anytime there's a star wars project they're just gonna be like how much do you need guys you know like i don't think that they're gonna be stingy with their budget on a star wars show yeah um i i can see that but i can also see them like maybe um (laughs) this was like maybe a budgetary issue like specifically maybe like a lot of the budget went to luke skywalker and making him look phenomenal <laughs> um i can well, see it. i don't know actually how expensive that was because remember it was just it was a youtuber who did it on his own mm-hmm. you know like so like it probably they don't need like a whole bunch of fancy equipment so they just hired you know those guys who did that mm-hmm. and it's like here do the same thing that you did for youtube or tiktok or whatever it was when they did their thing and you just do it for us now so that i i don't think that was prohibitively expensive it probably cost less than their previous attempt in uh the yeah. mandalorian yeah i guess we'll never know <laughs> um the uh, going back to boba fett and mandalorian here um like we're seeing them down we're seeing them ah oh, man are they gonna die no they're not of course not no one's actually thinking that but <laughs> uh but it's like is this the end for our heroes and then like freetown comes in and i was like yes like i was so excited that freetown that was, was cool there. That was cool. Yeah. They, like, they had like a little hover tank or whatever that was. Mm-hmm. Um, and I didn't see Cobb Vanth there, which it worried me at first. <laughs> Maybe. Yeah. Like, is he, is he actually, a, you know, of course, if he was in, too badly injured, they wouldn't have brought him either. So, but like I was, I was worried for him. Yeah. Um, I, I just love it because now I think what Boba Fett, like this show is doing now is it's, what we're, what we're probably going to see in the Mandalorian, most likely we're going back to Tatooine for sure. Um, we're going to see a different kind of Tatooine that we've ever seen before compared to like the original trilogy uh, and even like Mandalorian and like earlier in yeah. the book of Boba Fett. Like we're going to see a Tatooine united uh, by Boba Fett. And, you know, like now that there's yeah. no more crime lords, there's no more. Well, I, not in Mos Espa anyway. Mos Eisley is still the most wretched hive of scum and villainy that you will ever see. Well, that's uh, fair. But, well, I was just thinking about like, I think, well, I guess, yeah, Mos Espa. Yeah, I, I keep getting Mos Eisley and Mos Espa. Well, because you also had Mos Plago, Mos Espa, Freetown. Like, like Freetown. Yeah, um, like 
they all came together. You, you would yeah. assume like Moss Eisley. Well, Moss Eisley is next. So now, I mean, Moss Eisley is just a cesspit of crap. So basically what we need is Tatooine's version of Batman to clean up the streets of Moss Eisley, and then we'll have uh, United Tatooine. That, that's not Boba Fett? <laughs> like- <laughs> no, Boba Fett, Boba Fett is more like a, a Tatooine version of uh, Deathstroke or something. That's fair. I mean, okay, yeah, that, I, I can, I can see that. Um, it's definitely not that one guy in um, the uh, like in when we saw Tatooine in the Mandalorian. What was his name? Like the Han Solo looking guy. Oh, oh, the... Do you remember him? <laughs> Which now are you talking about the the guy who wanted to kill Garza? Uh, not Garza. Um, Fennec. Uh, Fennec. Yeah, that ba- the rookie bounty hunter guy. Isn't he dead? He's yeah. dead, right? No one's ever really gone. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm, I'm pretty sure. I, I mean, I haven't seen season two of The Mandalorian for a year now, but I, I, I'm pretty sure I remember him dying. Yeah. No, he di- he did die. But, you know, okay. like the joke is like, is he like, can yeah. he be somehow uh, random? All we need to do is figure out like what wealthy young Tatooine citizen had their parents murdered in front of them mm-hmm. when they were just a child. And then what you'll say, there's Tatooine Batman. And that that's the one who will clean up most wisely. I think you're talking about Luke Skywalker, who saw his uh, aunt and uncle die. But he he wasn't <laughs> rich, though. He wasn't uh, rich. That's that's, 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 that's a different fair. thing. That, so there and and of course, Batman doesn't have any powers, so it couldn't be Luke. So it's going to have to be like they're going to have all sorts of fancy gadgets. Like it'll be like, you know, like Cad Bane style gadgets, you know, mm-hmm. like with all the boots and the wrist things and the, that's why not. That's totally fair. Uh, I guess we'll just have to see in mm-hmm. Mandalorian season three uh, what yeah. that's going to look like. Um, who is that? That's the new the new trailer for season three. Who is Tatooine Batman? Exactly. <laughs> um, how did you feel about seeing Grogu? Like, because when I saw that X wing, I thought, are they actually going to bring Luke Skywalker in this? I, that's what I thought. I was like, is Luke? This is the second finale in a row where Luke swoops in on an X wing and saves everybody. Mm-hmm. Uh, now seeing Grogu. Now, I know a lot of people were like, oh, he chose Mando. Yay. And I mean, I yeah, I, that, that makes narrative sense for them to have him do that. Uh, I am legit disappointed, though, because I didn't want to see him uh, continue his Jedi training. But, you know, I mean, this they've been setting up that he's going to rejoin Mando. So, mm-hmm. like, yeah, of course he did. But uh, but that was kind of fun. And then, like, at first I thought, like, wait, did he pilot the ship? Oh, wait. Yeah astrobatroids can be there okay that's right (laughs) yeah do you feel like the reunion was like too soon compared to like you know it's just been a couple months since grogu and mando have been apart like how do you feel about that yeah well i mean the whole there were two seasons of mandalorian with him trying to get grogu back to the jedi and then there was this whole big send-off at the end of season two where luke comes and takes him away and there's this heartfelt farewell and then, as you say, it's been a couple of months and Mando misses him and wants to go visit. And wait, oh, now they're back together again. It's like, well, what was the point mm-hmm. of that entire thing then? You know, it feels like it feels like we went through all that for, for nothing. Yeah, I think I had the that initial reaction. But then, like, I, I thought about it a little bit more. Dave Filoni is a sneaky guy. He's very sneaky. Mm, I, I, I feel I feel like that was very deliberate for something uh, big in the future for Grogu and Mando. So maybe like, I feel like that was in the cards for a long time, like that they would be reunited 
like eventually, yeah. like pretty well, quickly. and it it does explain because you know people have been wondering since last year, like, well, was Grogu killed by Kylo Ren then? Like, yeah. it, what? How did he? Uh, so, like, it does explain uh, how he wasn't there, and you know how he managed to escape that. Mm-hmm. Because there would have been a riot if, like, after all that, he just been unceremoniously killed by Kylo Ren. Yeah. Now, now the question I have for Grogu is, where were you during the sequel trilogy? Yeah. Hmm? Ah, <laughs> where, that's, where, the, that's the important. You question. asshole. <laughs> he's, where, he's wherever Ahsoka was. Yeah. Because now I still maintain that she's not dead, and she's out there doing something. So, mm-hmm. like, she's when when Mando got old. He's like, ah, I can't take care of you anymore. And Grogu's like, oh, no, Luke told me this would happen. And uh, so he went back to wherever Ahsoka was or I don't know. Not to go off topic, but um, do you know what they're calling? Like they're filming Ahsoka right now. Um, mm-hmm. Do you know what they're calling? Like, you know, like his shows have like project names and stuff like that. You know what they're calling Ahsoka? Uh, Fulcrum. No, they're calling it. They're call- like the project is called Project Stormcrow. Storm Crow, like Gandalf, Storm Crow. Yeah, okay. Remember, yeah. I was I was thinking it would have something to do with with Ahsoka herself, but okay, that yeah, that yeah, yeah not because it's like here, it's Gandalf. Yeah. yeah. Well, and I mean, like uh, when she comes in at the end, everyone always called her Ahsoka the White. You know, mm-hmm. she's got the staff and the white rope. So oh, I guess man. that kind of makes that sense. would be kind of cool. Like, uh, do you think like that would that would be interesting if she meets like a, a ceremonious end to her like her story in that show? Ooh, no. No, <laughs> that, that's a, no. Like a, that's what happened to Gandalf, man. You know. <laughs> yeah, I guess. But Gandalf didn't die; he just sailed into the West. Yeah, that's probably what will happen to Ahsoka. She sails into the he West. Sail sails into the unknown regions or wild space or whatever. Mm-hmm. I mean, well, I, I I predict that at least some of the the Ahsoka series will take place in the unknown regions because that's as far as we know where Ezra is. Mm-hmm. Uh, so like we might actually get to see some of that. Uh, we might get to see um, the the ch- uh, the Chiss because mm-hmm. that's where that's where they live. They live in the unknown regions. So like they're a completely separate entity from the Republic or the Empire. They don't you know. So we might even see some of that, which yeah. would be cool. Yeah, that would definitely be interesting. I mean, like they're doing those whole the whole Thrawn books. Like they have mm. so much material that they can use from that. So yeah. Um, because like the th- the 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 new there's two Thrawn trilogies one that takes place around the Rebels time and then this new the Chiss Ascendancy which I have right it. yeah yeah right here it's it has blue pages like it has nice. a blue spine um they talk about the unknown regions and the Chiss Ascendancy mm-hmm. with all yeah, their weird so, names <laughs> which is such an it's such an interesting aspect of the galaxy that's never really been explored because like the the Republic slash Empire slash whatever it is now mm-hmm. they. I mean, it's called the unknown regions for a reason. Like nobody really knows what's in there or what's going on, or it's, it's really hard to navigate. So like we, we've never been in there. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think um, Lasan is in there, isn't it? I think it's like a, the, the home world of the Lasat is, is in the, unknown, or it's, it's near the, it's, 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 it's in the unknown regions, but it's still close to, like our part of the galaxy it's not like deep in there but i i'm pretty sure it's in the unknown regions which is one of the reasons it's so hard to get to mm-hmm. um so like there. that's the closest we've been and then the first order 
when they, the remnants of the empire retreated and became the first order, they retreated into the unknown regions as well. Mm-hmm. Like, so they were in there, but again, like close to the edge, not like deep inside of it. Mm-hmm. So like, those are really the only times we've ever, we've, we've seen glimpses of the edge, the border regions of the unknown region, but we still don't know really what's going on in there. So that, that would be, I'd like to see more of that. Yeah. And, uh, I, I lost my train of thought. Oh, no, because my my dream for Ahsoka is because we were talking last week about like post sequel stuff, like mm-hmm. more stuff set in that timeline. I want I want Ray, Ezra and uh, and Ahsoka to like try and start putting the galaxy back together. Yeah. You know, definitely. because it's it's in shambles now. So somebody's got to do something. Yeah, that could be fun. Um, it'll be nice to speculate on that. But right now, Jeff, we're talking about. Yes, we're Fett. way off topic. <laughs> no, it's we it's are way off topic now. It, it's uh, it's fun to talk. Uh, Ahsoka was in this show, so it's valid. she was she was in here. <laughs> we're talking about the whole book of Boba Fett now, but um, uh, I, very interesting that Pelimoto t- talked about Grogu's armor like chainmail as that's a T-shirt. Which I was like, huh, <laughs> I guess like that does look like a T-shirt, huh? It it kind of does. It's, it's <laughs> He's going to outgrow that and then it's not going to. Oh, he'll probably outgrow it in like a hundred years or something. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I think like overall, like Rogu and Mando being reunited, first of all, very cute. Uh, made me cry a little bit. You know, I was just like, yes. But also like, yeah, story-wise, like it, 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 it this didn't take forever, but I, I'm happy that it happened. I'm, I'm happy that we, we get to see our two our, our two boys together, um, but I think in the long run it's going to set up something interesting in Mandalorian. So, well, I guess we'll just have to see and speculate from there. Well, um, they've clearly got some kind of plan for Grogu. Like he's mm, gonna he's gonna do something. So he's gonna do something. I'm waiting for him to talk. I'm waiting for him to talk. I you know I thought he was gonna talk when Luke put his hand on his head. <laughs> yeah. Or, or like in this episode where he like calms the the rancor or whatever, you know, like I was expecting him to maybe say something. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you know, you know that just like when they revealed what his name was, there's going to be a whole bunch of people like who don't like his voice. Like, oh, no, he shouldn't sound like that. That's awful. Yeah, <laughs> that would be. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see, hear what he what he sounds like. Um, going back to like the war, um, the Scorpikes, or the, is that what they're called? Uh, Scorpionex, I think. Scorpionex, yeah, yeah. The X, um, very interesting. Um, their design, like being like from the prequel era, is very, mm-hmm. um, very prominent. Uh, which we'll talk about l- later when we t- talk about references and Easter eggs and stuff like that. But, um, I thought that was a very interesting element to add to this war, like these two mm. unstoppable droids. Um, actually, there it was kind of weird. <laughs> like it, it was mowing them all down. Like I think they wanted some like a big threat. So they could mm. justify having like the rancor eventually. Or, yeah. Or, or... Which again, speaking of weird tactical decisions, why if you have these two giant invincible droids, why not start with those uh, instead of waiting for like twenty or thirty of your own men to be shot mm-hmm. by you know like why? It's like it's it's like it's like Power Rangers like. If you've got the Megazord, just use it from the start instead of waiting for the monster to get massive. Just like start with it. it, it like we don't need to let this escalate. You know, mm-hmm. is it, everyone's playing the I'm not left handed either. You know, like just no. Just, if you've got these massive droids, lead with those. 
Exactly. You know? <laughs> well, you know, like uh, they didn't. <laughs> not um, not what to was... mention they oh, yeah, hired yeah. Cad Bane as an enforcer, but they don't use him. And instead they go in themselves. Like what, what is your thought process here? I don't Yeah. Uh, Cad Bane was, uh, first of all, very cool. Always cool to see Cad Bane, like in, the, yeah. in this show. Um, but the conference, like, like skipping backwards because we didn't talk about Cad Bane. Um, I, I think it was very interesting that Boba leaned in to like his old ways and Finnick, like it was kind of like dark side, light side, Jedi Knight. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Like, like Cad was like, release your anger. And Finnick Shan was like, no, this is not what you, this is not who you are anymore. You can't do that. You have to, you have to do it on your own turf. Which is also interesting because so far Fennec has been one of the most resistant to Boba's new you know philosophy so mm-hmm. now it's like it's switched and suddenly she's the one reminding him of his you know I, that was also strange um but i did like as you say like the 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 backsliding mm-hmm. and you noticed it as well like later in the fight when he when he stands off against boba he he reverts to like his old bounty hunter style tactics and he lo- it's not until he loses that he uses the new stuff that he's learned in order, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So like the, his old ways failed him again. And so he had to, you know, yeah. go back onto this new stuff that he's learned. But uh, what intrigued, what interested me was that Ka- was that Cad Bane made a point of letting Boba Fett know that the Pikes were the ones responsible for killing the Tusken Raiders. And I, I, couldn't figure out what his angle was there because the Pikes had very obviously, you know, deceived him to make it look like that the, the Nikto bikers had done it. Uh, You know, they didn't, they did. So they obviously did not want him to know that they, that they had done that. And then, but Cad Bane, not only did he, he go out of his way to make sure that Boba knew, but he also seemed very pleased with himself for doing that. So like, was he just trying to stir up shit? Did he want to, is did he want like did he want to make sure the negotiations failed because if so mission accomplished like that definitely made sure the negotiations failed but i i couldn't figure out what his angle was on that and i've been thinking and i don't know yeah i think like my like thought is like yeah he was trying to stir up shit but mostly because i think like the cad bane like cad bane sees boba fett as like that kid you know because like Mm. when you look at I guess like when you look at the mentor and student like relationship, at least from my perspective anyway, is like, you know, they're always going to be like your kid, you know, they're always like teaching them something new and stuff like that. Yeah. Like, he, he also has that line at the end. It's like, I'm going to teach you like one final lesson. My final lesson, which yeah. is the same thing that uh, Beckett said to Han Solo right before Han shot him. And he didn't, so he didn't get to say it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> which is like, we don't want to hear the last lesson. Just shut like, up. Nope. <laughs> We're done. Yeah. Um, but I think like maybe that's like he was trying to, um, you know, talking about the dark side and the light side. He was trying to like get Boba Fett to mess up, to like screw up because like he's um, one to like 10. Like there's no way that in the position that Boba Fett was in right now before Freetown came in, there was no way he was going to be like the Pikes. It seemed like they were overwhelming in numbers and the mm-hmm. the I, I keep forgetting the names of like those droids, but <laughs> um, like. It seems like, yeah, he was definitely trying to like get Boba Fett off guard. Then you have Finnick in there, telling like, "Hey, it's not the time. 
it's not the time to like freak out right now. <laughs> and, uh, and Boba Fett was smart enough to like realize that. So like, I think like, that's my justification of it. Uh, um, yeah. I'd have to rewatch it and see, but I it just, it seemed very unusual, Yeah, you know, like it almost again, like the writers wanted something to happen and they're like, well, how are we going to make this happen? And it's like, well, let's have Cad Bane say it. Yeah. Okay. And, so, and like I say, he, he definitely did seem very pleased with himself. He was like, <laughs> you know like so uh. yeah and just cad bane just looked cool and everything yeah that he did i like, mean cad bane's always cool like cad bane is never not cool but he definitely feels uh, i i'm i i feel like i'm more of a stan right now of cad bane and like after seeing him in live action the way he's mm. he does look kind of mis- look mysterious and kind of well and then i think one of my favorite things was uh when boba said to him it's like uh i'm not a little i'm not a cop child anymore and you are an old man. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, so like Boba's even saying to him, is like, you're, you're past your prime old man, you know? Yeah, and then he's... Cad Bane and then Cad, he like, he's not taking any shit. He's like, I'm still faster than you. <laughs> yeah. And it's true. It's true. It's he, true. Was. he was. Yeah. Um, going to talking about the fight again um, in Moss Eisley. Uh, no, Moss Espa. Sorry. Getting that all confused. Um, the Rancor. That that was I, I thought he was gonna like you know here's the thing, the Rancor is cool. Like story wise, I'm glad we see this Rancor tearing up shit. Mm-hmm. I I personally would have brought the slave one, you know. Yeah, probably that seems like a better idea. Uh, you know, you could probably wreck more shit with that thing. Um, now here's the thing though, I legitimately forgot all about the Rancor. Me too. Like I wasn't like I I it's, it's and it's it it does speak to the the action and the suspense that they had going on on screen that I wasn't sitting there like, where's the rancor? I didn't baby. Like, cause as soon as it appeared, I was like, Holy shit. I forgot all about that thing. Yeah. It's like, I, he's got a rancor. It kind of threw uh, out the idea of like, Hey, you need to like actually train and it takes a long time for you to like yeah. ride this thing. And you know, like mm-hmm. it just took Boba Fett one day, you know, to ride this. Well, I guess like he struggled. Well, how long, it, how long has it been since he got it? Like what the passage of time it is, it was very strange, especially since the last two episodes have focused not so much on, on Mos Espa and, and Boba. So like really how long has it been? Yeah, exactly. I would uh, say three days max. Okay. Well, I mean, in that time, Mando has flown to a couple of different places and come back. And so, mm-hmm. I don't know. Yeah, it, it, it was still cool, though. Um, it was. Like, seeing that, that Rancor tear up shit. Like, they're obviously going to sell a Boba Fett toy on that Rancor. Like, yeah, Boba like, riding a Rancor. Yeah, it is exactly, like, that's toy material. Um, yeah, I think their shields were just interesting, that the lightsabers didn't penetrate them. Like, it, yeah. there was, like, an advancement on Droitikas. Yeah, well, because usually low-velocity things... Because, like, what I was thinking at the beginning when they couldn't get through the shield, I was like, oh, they're going to have to walk through the shields and attack them closer, but they couldn't do that either. They couldn't walk through the shields. And I was like, that's new. Yeah. I, I didn't know. Yeah, exactly. Um, so yeah, the rancor tearing shit up was like really cool. Seeing Mando being reunited with uh, Grogu was also mm-hmm. really cool. I thought Grogu was going to tear shit up, but you know, like he, they, like I'm glad like what they, uh, how they use Grogu in this episode. Yeah, that, that that's exactly the way they should have used him. Uh, I, I enjoyed that uh now one part we haven't talked about was uh boba's um message of surrender oh, that yeah. he sent out with the major domo mm-hmm. which is 
as I understand it, a, a direct Godfather reference. Oh. You know, <laughs> oh, I make the following offer: nothing. Yeah. <laughs> somebody, somebody did a TikTok where they were, you know, like doing the thing. It's like uh, Boba Fett will offer the following terms: these nuts. <laughs> I'm so sorry. I probably should have read this before I came out here. <laughs> yeah. No, I think that, that was just that was a weird scene. Uh, I didn't really like find it too funny but now that you mentioned it, it was kind of like a godfather kind of like reference like i yeah i think that that's kind of cool like with them playing like with the whole crime boss like yeah. well and it basically it offered them a distraction so because while the pikes were paying attention to this going on that's when they flew out and started shooting exactly stuff. yeah major domo and uh pelimoto like going back to like where we were like chronologically talking about this i i dig them together well now here's the thing i laughed because when she said to him nice head tails like is that is that a socially acceptable thing to say like is that like saying nice titties so um, would would you say that to somebody like i don't know so that actually like that that's going to be like a reference easter egg um because like in legends that that is a derogatory term like the tail head is um a well tailhead is but i mean like but head tails like le- head tails are another term for leku so you know but like i say but like just saying to someone nice head tails like is that yeah is that something you would say because yeah. you know you you don't you don't like i say you don't go up to a human character and say nice tits like mm-hmm. you don't <laughs> you don't do that like that's just strange yeah and it- like and especially considering it's not the official term it's it is a slang term for leku mm-hmm. you know yeah i um I, I i consider it as like a microaggression like you know uh like when you say it like to a brown person like hey, your people you know like what do you mean by that you know like i see i didn't i didn't get it that way because i the as far as i know head tails are is not it's not a, a negative term it's just eh. it's the english term for leku Mm-hmm. but like it's just the very fact that you would you would say that to somebody yeah you know what i mean like it's like oh those distinguishing uh those distinguishing features of yours uh those are nice you know like yeah it, it it felt weird it felt if and like i say the direct corollary in my mind that i thought of immediately when she said it was as like a person saying to a woman nice titties yeah like i mean you may think you're giving them a compliment but it probably makes them feel really weird and uncomfortable. Yeah. That's what a microaggression is. Like, uh, well, it's it's kind of like it's that. A, it doesn't it doesn't mean it doesn't different mean. kind. It's more of a yeah harassment almost kind of thing. Yeah, like than, yeah, than a exactly. microaggression. I yeah. see. Mm. So um, where are we at? So Pelimodo, um, yeah, I guess. Oh yeah, the fight with Cad Bane, very cool. I yeah, I, it was very simple, kind of like how. Um, uh, Dave Filoni did like Obi-Wan and Darth Maul in a sense mm-hmm, like, mm-hmm, I got mm-hmm. a lot of those vibes like it wasn't flashy or anything like that um, my brain wanted to go like they're gonna kill Boba Fett huh and, and until they, he brought out the gaffy stick and I was like oh yeah. shit that's right well, he got, he, he's got that he's now. got the thing well and that was the thing the symbolism of the fight was very clear he tried fighting as a bounty hunter and he got stomped mm-hmm. and then so he, he fought as a Tuscan and he won uh, and it you know the, the the symbolism of that I think worked very well. It's like he's because the, the whole the whole series basically has been about Boba leaving his old life behind mm-hmm. and starting something new, uh, which 
it probably is the source of a lot of the the negative feelings about it because that's not what people wanted. People want Boba Fett to be a badass bounty hunter. It's like, well, that, that's not who he is anymore. He's a different he's a different person now. Uh, you know, so and that's yeah. like the entire show has been about that. So it makes sense that his final confrontation would be a, a direct uh, reference to that. Mm-hmm. And the other thing like that I've seen a lot recently is like a lot of people are talking about, well, at least the people in my circle are talking about how the show uses like protection and armor, like mm. and protecting the things that like matter to you. Um, mm-hmm. We see that in Grogu with like the chain mail, um, Boba Fett and with the Tuscan camp and the Tuscan Raiders, how they like protect th- themselves as a tribe. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the, the Jedi, you know, trying to preserve like their <laughs> like their religion and stuff like that. And like Freetown mm-hmm. coming in, literally being a shield of armor for Boba Fett and Mando who are trying to protect their town. Like armor gets played a lot in uh, this series uh, and protection. Yeah. Which well, is- even the armor herself, which she says, you know, Beskar is meant to defend, not to, you know, it's not meant to be weapons. It's meant to be protection. Exactly. Yeah. So I, I think like that aspect of it is kind of cool too. the found family. Like uh, I've really enjoyed a lot. Um, but yeah, talking about Cad Bane and the fight, like it being simple and then like the gaffy stick coming in. Cause I thought like, I thought they were actually going to kill Boba Fett, even though I knew like they can't kill Boba Fett. Like Boba Fett can't die. They just brought him back. <laughs> um, they can't kill him right now. Another He'll come back in another 40 years. Yeah. Ex- I, oh, that would be kind of cool if he's like survived the sequels somehow. Um, oh, then 40, year, 40 years our time, 40 years real world time. Oh, I see. Yeah. Yeah. That, yeah. That makes sense. Okay. Yeah. Tamora Morrison would be, well, he would be CGI'd. Yeah. Like, they would uh, CGI Tamora Morrison. Yeah. They would do uh, uh, Peter, uh, Peter Cushing in mm-hmm. Rogue One. Exactly. Uh, or now, Luke Skywalker. Well, but Mark, Mark Hamill's still alive. So. Oh, that's fair. That's fair. Uh, now, what was I going to say? Uh, oh, do you think Cad Bane is still alive? Because mm. they very deliberately had his little chest thingy blinking. You know, so, you, know what they, you know what they say in Star Wars. Never, no one's ever really gone. So yeah. I, I, when Boba Fett didn't make that mention of, you know, I got someone else in like the back to tank right now. There were there were two people that I thought were. I there. assumed he was talking about Chrysanthemum because he Chrysanthem? even mentioned to Chrysanthemum earlier, like, hey, we're going to need to get you into the back to tank. You know, he like he had said that to Chrysanthemum. So when he said when he made a reference to that, I th- I assumed that that's who he was talking about. Yeah. But then we saw Chrysanthemum out of it because like, you know, the Chrysanthemum, that guy, you know, he got beat up really well. I thought like, oh, maybe Cat Bane. Like maybe well, we've, said, we've established that he's Wolverine. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, it'll, yeah, it'll be interesting. I, I, it wouldn't not surprise me, uh, but well, I, I mean, I think it would actually disappoint me because I think Cad Bay met his end really well here. Yeah. Well, we, and we've seen people come back from worse, like mm-hmm. as you know, and start like Darth Bane, I mean, Darth Bane, Darth Maul was literally cut in half. Uh, Boba himself was eaten by the Sarlacc, you know, like people, they don't have to stay dead if, if the writers don't want them to be dead. Like the, they can figure out a way for them to come back. Exactly. Um, but uh, but if, if he is dead, it seems like he was underutilized. And I say that because like for those of us who, who you know, grew up watching him, or I say grew up, I was already an adult when it started, but who, those of us who watched him all the way through uh clone wars and he was in the bad batch and then you know last last week we saw him on 
on this show and we're all like, ah, you know, yeah. uh, I mean, it's, it's, it's a, it's a culmination of a thing, but like, when you think about it, like not everybody has watched the animated shows and he just debuted in live action a week ago. Mm-hmm. And like to introduce this massive major uh, important character and then kill him off a week later. Seems a little weird. Yeah. Wouldn't it be the first time Disney did that kind of That's um, true. like uh, if you not not to spoil Hawkeye, but, you know, yeah, um... <laughs> I was just thinking that. But but that's the same question. Is he dead? We don't oh, know. Like, he is. <laughs> abs- if you killed off Vincent D'Onofrio, I well. No, and I still dead. maintain that if they were going to kill him, they would have done it on screen. Yeah. Like it was very, very uh, obviously cut away mm-hmm. before anything happened. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, the comic reference of, you know, um, yeah, M- Maya, I think that's what her name was. Mm-hmm. Like uh, the the blind girl, uh, the, not, not the blind or deaf girl. Yeah. Don't know what her name is. I forgot. Echo. <laughs> Echo. Echo. Yeah. But like, no, isn't her name Maya or something? Like, well, her, her real name is Maya. And then her. Her, uh, her alias is Echo. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, speaking of Vincent D'Onofrio, not to go off topic, I would love to see him in Star Wars. Yeah. He now he would be a good crime boss mm-hmm. in uh, in Star Wars, which I feel like I'm typecasting him, but I don't even <laughs> care because that's like he would be amazing at that. Yeah, an adversary for Boba Fett. Absolutely, that would be kind of cool. Anyway, um, the and then like we get the whole Rancor part, like going off of Cad Bane and him dying. We don't know. Like he probably will come back, even though I personally, I'm on the mindset of like, you should probably stay dead, but yeah, but we'll see. <laughs> now, now the Rancor and Cad Bane too. The other thing is like the, the Rancor is like rampaging all over the place. And Cad Bane who fears nothing is just standing there like, you know, yep. like he, he doesn't even flinch. He doesn't step back. He doesn't take one step back. He's mm-hmm. just, you know, he just stares down this thing. He, that's, I think that's why this character is so cool. It's just, he, he is completely in control all the time. Mm-hmm. He, you know, like when we, and that was when we saw him fight Jedi in the shows, you know, like he, didn't, he didn't be like, oh shit, it's a Jedi. I better get out of here. He's like, no, I'm going to stay and fight them. And you know, like, yeah. And win sometimes. Right. <laughs> yeah. He, he's definitely a cool character. Like I, I'm going to watch Clone Wars again, man. I I'm, it made me really happy. Cad Bane in here really made me excited. I kind of want to watch Clone Wars one day again. Mm. <laughs> um, that's a long, that's a long series. Speaking of like quality and stuff like that. And everyone praising Dave Filoni. Do y'all forget Clone Wars? Did y'all forget the first four seasons of Clone Wars? Yeah. <laughs> like, did y'all forget it? Because I didn't. And, well, and I mean, that, that the same thing happened with Rebels. Rebels got, yeah. Rebels improved a lot faster, but the first season of Rebels was kind of eh, as well. Yeah, the first, uh, yeah, I would say, yeah. Not not to like go on a tangent because we're running out of time. I got to get ready for yeah, that. Yeah. Um, now, there's one thing that there's, there is one thing that I just re- really quickly wanted to mention mm-hmm. uh, is uh, Fennec going off to, to kill the leaders Ooh, in well, Mos Eisley. We'll get there. Which and- I thought was a good plan. But before she did that, where she saves the, uh, the mods, it's because she, like, she rides off her little bike. We see her go away. And then we cut to the mods and she's there and she saves them. And then she comes down and gets back on the bike, which is right next to where they were. So mm-hmm. like, what did she, did she ride her bike park right next to them without them noticing climb up the building behind them and like, or is, or did she just steal a different bike? Like, yeah. 
that looked exactly like the one that she was writing before. That was very odd. Finnick had her own little adventure, Jeff. Like we didn't see it, but we we know she she she's very she's crafty. She can she, she can figure it out. <laughs> but you know what I'm talking about, right? Like when she when she jumps down after saving them and gets back on her bike, it's literally right next to them. Mm-hmm. So like did 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 they not notice her arrive? Did she park it next to them and then you know sneakily climb up the building like? what yeah i don't it's yeah i guess that it, it's yeah it's it's a weird thing uh i don't know what robert rodriguez was thinking about but the, the blocking in that in that was just off yeah um i didn't want to talk like more about the rancor um i i was very stressed out when he bit mando's head <laughs> and like the the best car didn't like uh destroy it i'm surprised like i didn't know best car was like indestructible to like smushing <laughs> especially like well i mean we saw the the droid punching him in the face like 30 times oh, last I, season remember I, so i mean i guess i guess so I, I i guess you're right but yeah it still stressed me out <laughs> a little bit well but... i got to getting some major king kong vibes which was mm. very obviously deliberate yep yep, yep. you know exactly. like, we need airplanes bring in the airplanes yep that's uh uh going to easter town um in just a moment there to talk about that but um yeah, I liked how Grogu calmed down the Rancor, a very reminiscent mm-hmm. of like all Jedi who we've seen calm oh, down Ezra at. specifically. Ezra. Like he was really good at that. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Um, and it just made it was it made for a really cute moment. Like Grogu was like, Man, I'm sleepy. I'm gonna sleep next to this big giant monster that can eat me without even looking, you know? <laughs> <laughs> he's like, Oh, he's a cool guy, he's all right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, and basically the show ends, and uh, we Boba Fett is. I'm gonna say he's the mayor of Mos Espa. Yeah, like, that makes more sense at this point. Yeah, it seems like he's like adapted into that mayor role, doing the the thought. And then he even says, "Is like I don't think we're suited to this." You know, like, <laughs> didn't, didn't well, he, didn't he say that about the crime being a crime boss in the beginning? Like, I, I it sounds very familiar. Like yeah. they were referencing something towards the beginning of the maybe I don't know. So after after going through all this to to you know be the leader of of Mosespa, he's like, you know what? I don't think this is for me. <laughs> he yeah. just leaves. Yeah, no, nah, that's funny. Santo, uh, you're in charge. It, I th- like they've really set up something interesting. I think like that. I it makes me really excited for Mandalorian. Um, mm-hmm. next time, next time when we see these people, like, yeah, I, I've grown an attachment to all these people. Well, and the, he has a crew now, mm-hmm. you know, he's got, he's got his own crew, uh, minus the Gamorreans, mm-hmm. a moment of silence, mm-hmm. very unceremoniously. They pushed died. Off the cliff. They, they died, man. Like that, that it was gruesome. Well, they, they were, and they were done dirty. Uh, again, by the writers, like we didn't even get to see them fight. They just were like backing up. It's like, oh, let's back off this cliff now, you know. Mm-hmm. And we've seen them fight, yeah. so like we know they can fight. So, and I think it was just because you know they already they'd already decided. Well, we can't kill off any of the other characters, but we have to show that there's stakes. Mm-hmm. So the Gamorreans have to die, but they you know they could have done it better. Yeah, and they could have given them some armor, you know, instead of like their little bdsm like looking it's like well, it's like the spartans from 300 let's go out and fight in our underwear boys you know yeah exactly like they could have given them i don't know not best car but like something, something. <laughs> um but no i'm excited to see and then you know grogu in his little car seat like I, i'm glad that we saw that 
Um, Which was again pretty obvious as soon as we saw it. It's like, oh, that's where Grogu's gonna sit. Okay. It looks. It, I'll be honest, man. It looked kind of ridiculous. <laughs> it's like just like Mando's like hunched down in there, and Grogu's like, like, wee. <laughs> he's just up there. It was just like it looked funny. Like I I didn't hate it, but it's like, dang, that looks kind of silly. <laughs> um. All right. Well, let's go to Easter Town. Not a lot of, not too many Easter um, Easter eggs or references in this one. Um, a couple of things I wanted to point out, like for references specifically, Cad Bane uh, said the Star Wars equivalent of like, look what the cat dragged in, you know, that mm-hmm. um, that part. Cad Bane said that, but also this wasn't the first time that sentence, look with the skag, whatever. I, 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 I could not remember what it was called, like for the life of me, but that's not the first time we heard it. We heard it in The Mandalorian uh, when Boba Fett saw uh, Custa Grieve. No. No, no, it wasn't that. You, I, that's not the phrase. It's like, well, if that's not the such and such calling the something something slimy. Yeah. Yes. So it's it's a pot calling the kettle black. Something was, like that. it was the Star Wars version of that. And yes, that was the one. That's what Boba said to Cosca Reeves mm-hmm. in the Mandalorian episode. Which is like, so you know, I was like, when you said the cat dragged in, I was like, oh, when did he say that? But no, yeah, it was the, it was the pot calling the kettle black. Yeah, OK, yeah. I remember that one. Yeah, I'm sorry. Like uh, I, until Star Which, Wars explained, pointed it out, I did not. <laughs> Which also makes you wonder, is that a phrase that Boba picked up from Cad Bane? A hundred percent. I think so. Because so, like, that's you know, headcanon I mean. now. Like, that's why he says that, as he used to hear Cad say that all the time. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, reference, we already talked about the Godfather reference. Yep. Uh, we talked about King Kong. Uh, some minor Godzilla vibes, too, but it was mostly King Kong. Well, I was going to um, actually talk about, like, you know, the kaiju... Um, uh, Harryhausen monstering like we, we've seen that mm-hmm. like towards the beginning of this episode like it, it like when you know like the rancor did kind of like did the Godzilla like peeking out but like and then like climbing the tower like in mm-hmm. one of the like in in the city like very Godzilla very well he high. even well he even did the like holding on to the tower with one hand and going Rah! I mean that's that is King Kong mm-hmm. like that is the 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 like that's a direct pose from King Kong, you know, like. Exactly. Um, and then the Scorpionic droids actually um, are droids like that were used from they, concept uh, images. Yeah, it was concept art for for uh, Clone Wars, for, not for Clone Wars, but for the prequel trilogy that, Attack- that never ended up getting used. Attack, Attack of the, the Clones. Clones. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, the use of uh, the droid because like, like very deliberate because like that, those are Clone War era. Um, yeah, well, and these are basically more advanced versions of droid because mm-hmm. essentially, yep, uh, still had the same now, weakness as the little now, like, like the little spider like things in episode three. Yeah, with, with well, now eyes. here's the other thing um, it wasn't just the pikes that had terrible aim, these droids also couldn't hit anything. <laughs> like, I don't think anyone was, was hit by those droids the entire time, yeah, they uh, if they would. You know, it's not like because uh, th- there were a couple times when Kersantin or Boba or Mando kind of brushed off some pike blaster fire. Nobody's going to survive one of those big shots from that droid. So, like, nobody got hit by except for the the speeder that the Freetown folks came in on. That was destroyed by the, the droids. <laughs> but, like, the droids, they were they were as terrible a shot as the pikes, whose, whose battle strategy apparently amounts to let's all stand together in the middle of the road because mm-hmm. nobody's heard of cover ever yeah. <laughs> uh it was, yeah it was very very oddly choreographed fight 
Yeah, I mean, like that's uh, honestly a testament to Robert Rodriguez um, not really making any good movies <laughs> for a long time. I, I Spy Kids, uh, Once Upon a Time in Mexico, like those were just like a couple of things that I think were notable from him. But mm-hmm. I think Robert Rodriguez is a weak director. Um, yeah, like well, and I mean because we, we've seen it in episode one that we, we were talking about like the fight with the mayor's assassins looked weird. Mm-hmm. And that was, you know, very strange. And he directed that episode. And he also directed episode three with the slowest car chase ever put to film. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, like, his his action scenes, like, he doesn't plan them out very well. And there, yeah. it doesn't seem like a lot of thought goes into them. And like I say, they, there were a whole lot of people on both sides, mostly on the Pike side, but on, on our side as well, in this, in this big shootout that were not making very good decisions. And it they were not really doing a lot of stuff that made very much sense mm-hmm. for them to do. Yeah. Um, I agree. <laughs> That's all I can say. Um, R2 piloting the X-Wing. Uh, Star Wars Explained actually brought out this like interesting reference. Like this isn't the first time not only R2-D2 has like piloted a ship by himself, but piloted a ship by himself in a Boba Fett-centric episode. We saw it in the Clone Wars where um, R2-D2's like, being chased by the slave one mm-hmm. <laughs> and he had to outrun the slave one that's really cool i wouldn't have never guessed until like star wars explained brought it up so thank you um guys over there i love star wars explained um yeah they're a great them. channel yeah um the other couple things that like i thought of actually oh yeah the the metal plate in cad bane's head oh yeah uh, we saw yeah. that when he was we saw that in uh, the bad batch mostly yeah but um it, it is heavily implied that like the deleted scene in uh, from the Clone Wars that never got aired. Um, yeah. W- happened, you know, which is. Yeah, it is. Impl- well, because I mean, they, they kind of implied that as well with the, the conversation between the two of them where, you know, you know, I'm not a child anymore. And, you know, because that was the whole thing. The, the history between them is that Cad kind of took young Boba under his wing and mm-hmm. and whatnot. So, yeah, exactly. Um. May Lou runs around this again, which, you know, that's yep. a very prominent fruit. Um, Scad, I think, is that the the one with the eye? Yeah, that's the eye. Uh, yeah, Scad. Yeah. He called it a melon, which um, I, I thought May Lou runs were like fruit. <laughs> well, a melon is mel- a melon is a fruit. A melon is a is a family of fruits. You know, you've got honeydew, you got cantaloupe, you got watermelon. May mm-hmm. uh, runs, apparently. It's just it's a, a classification of fruit. Yeah. I, I guess like I, I May Lou runs struck me as like a mango looking like well the rind seems too thick though like it always did it because like the melons have that very thick rind like a, so it, i can see like a like a mango or a passion fruit too like i you know have passion well like no like i was like a like a like a cantaloupe you yeah. know it's got that very thick outer stuff that you would actually need you know like something heavy to cut through it yeah that's kind of the vibe i always got from maybe once maybe one day I when know. i rewatch rebels like but i i, I could have sworn they ate it like that well, yeah, because Kersantin was eating it. Just like you wouldn't eat a cantaloupe like that. <laughs> yeah. Well, he's also a Wookiee, so they're, they're, those that's people. true. Maybe he would eat a cantaloupe like that. Who knows? Yeah. Um. We saw the droid, uh, uh, Pelimoto's droid, that like you know uh, chases them around, like uh, like moves them around Tatooine. Oh, first the all, the rickshaw droid. The rickshaw. First of all, the fastest we ever seen anyone go uh, fast in any of these scenes. <laughs> Like was it, it on was, the rickshaw droid. It was on the rickshaw droid. Uh, the, <laughs> the rickshaw droid being a reference to Attack of the Clones, where um, you know Anakin and Padme rode yeah. that rickshaw 
to Watto. We've not yeah. seen Watto. Where, where's Watto? Like, uh, he's probably dead by now, I think. Because he was he was almost kind of like old and gone to seed by Attack of the Clones when Anakin mm-hmm. talked to him. So like that mm-hmm. was what, 30 some odd years ago now. So I mean, you know what they say? You know what they say, Jeff? Uh, no one's ever really gotten. So mm-hmm. he's, he's out there. I, I believe it. I would love uh, that. Well, seeing Watto again would be kind of fun. Um, let's see. I'm trying to think. Oh, um, a cool. I don't know if this was intentional, but I saw it on TikTok. I was like, dang, that's crazy if if crazy if true and most likely it is so you know how we talked about rex being in return of the jedi but like yeah. actually it's not it's not really rex just an old guy like he had a specific name in legends blah 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 um there's a Twi- legends yeah <laughs> twilight there is a twilight um in episode three when anakin goes up the stairs to the opera house to see palpatine uh, oh yeah yeah there is an orange twilight there who's wearing a white dress that looks exactly mm-hmm. like garseth whip and like I was just like, dang! If they don't make that like relevant somehow in, in a comic book or a book, like that looked exactly like Garseth Whip. So <laughs> that would be kind of cool. Like uh, it was, just- but Garza's not orange though. She's like a. She's more of a, almost a Caucasian skin tone, kind of. Yeah, that that was kind of you know like interpret. Uh, it's up for interpretation, but like it it, it kind of looked very similar it looked very mm. if it looked it, it looked similar in the sense like yeah the old guy in return of the jedi did not look like uh tamora morrison but like he does like like we've kind of like accepted and or dave filoni rather accepted the fact that that gentleman that old man is rex so um i mean like it could be possible like i, I just thought it was kind of cool like they they kind of like just kind of like how like new Star Wars has been doing recently is taking a lot of like concept art and co- like um, specifically concept art from Ralph McQuarrie, but like uh, concept yeah. art and unused like machine, like unused ideas into like these shows. And yeah, I think it's kind of cool. If they- well, and, and aspects of legends too, because uh, they announced uh, the, what is I forget the actor's name now, but it was announced that somebody he played Volstag in the Thor movies, you know, the big the big guy uh, uh, from the Warriors three. He's going to play the villain in the Ahsoka series. Oh, uh, and he's, he's oh, yeah. supposed to be an Imperial Admiral. And I'm and my immediate thought was, oh, he's a uh, Pallion. Oh, interesting. You know, I think I know who you're talking about. I think he also voices Gar Saxon in. Does he? Rebels. Yeah, I think maybe like, that's what I heard. Uh, I could. Be well, wrong. maybe maybe he'll be playing Gar Saxon then. I mean that that would be interesting. Yeah. Um. But yeah, like the, it's a stretch. But like I just like I saw that and I was like looking at Gar's Twip's dress in uh, Book of Boba Fett. And I was like, wow, these are these are very two these are two similar looking Twi'leks. Like that maybe it's be- just a very popular Twi'lek fashion. Exactly. Um. That's really all I can. Yeah, I, I don't have any more. Yeah, exactly. my, my last my last thought would be that I think this show is better consumed uh, in a binge as opposed to watching it week to week. Yeah. Like if you if, if you had, you know, if you were going to watch it, it would be a better, a much better experience watching it all at once. Because mm-hmm. like when it's segmented like that, it feels very disjointed. But when you can see it as like a whole picture and like especially the, the two episodes that are mostly Mando centric, they fit in better as part of a whole rather than just individual episodes. Mm-hmm. No, that's what I said early on when I uh, I rewatched 
the first four episodes one day and I was like, yeah, this show is actually a lot more enjoyable altogether. Um, I think if we were going to criticize it as like a, a TV show, like not within the Star Wars universe, like just mm-hmm. like at an actual piece of like media. Yeah. I can understand people's complaints um, of like being disjointed or not. Yeah, really. it was it was structured very weirdly. Yeah. But as someone who enjoys Star Wars and I think you and I both love Star Wars and learning about the oh, yeah. world maybe not and maybe forgiving a lot of like story aspects of it um that we, we, we might not all necessarily agree on we like i i just like living in the world and i love like i love what they build like from all yeah. the stuff well and that's the thing like if you're if you're making if you're making a show or a movie or something in the star wars universe it's very much the same as making a, a show or a movie or something in the mcu like it is its own thing, but at the same time, it's also part of this larger thing and there's going to be connections. You know, it's, it's a, it's one piece of, of something. It's, it's a part of a story in addition to being a story by itself, mm-hmm. you know? So there, there are things that you would do with a star Wars show that you wouldn't be able to do with just a regular show. So like, we're talking about, like, if we were to judge it as a show by itself, like, yes, but we can't do that because it's not a show. It's it's a Star Wars show. So it's part of the larger mm-hmm. Star Wars thing. Just like, like I say, the MCU shows, they're, they're their own show, but they're also part of the larger MCU. Like uh, Hawkeye, again, uh, if it was just its own show, like the introduction of Yelena would be very off. Like it'd be mm-hmm. very strange to put her in there uh, out of nowhere in like the fifth episode or something. But because it's the MCU and you know, we know who she is and we know her back and like the whole thing with the blip, like that would have been completely out of nowhere. in if Hawkeye was just its own show. Yeah. Who's Thanos? (laughs) Yeah. Like what the, what the fuck is any of this? Like, you know, and they keep, they keep referencing his friend, Natasha, but we don't know. We've, we've never seen her. We don't know what's, you know, like, well, Mm -hmm. no, we have. So it is this, this larger thing. Yeah. And Star Wars is, is built on that. The foundation of, not just the first three like um, movies from like yeah. the 80s but like it's also now like with the integration of like you know the the the, the n1 starfighter into like yeah. <laughs> post uh, return of the jedi like well, it is also the episodes 1 2 and 3 like it's all six of these movies yeah. that george lucas created like it's uh, they have to like build on these yeah. six movies well, and it's it's always star wars has always been that way and, you know, people have, you know, their own opinions on on uh, what Star Wars has been like after the Disney acquisition. One of the best things that that Disney did, and I, I was so happy as soon as as soon as they did it, like way back in 2012, when they when they bought Lucasfilm and then they they announced this is they said all the the EU is is now it's gone. It's, we're not it's not canon we're, we're we're getting rid of and we're starting fresh and we're making our own canon from scratch and you know we're, we're using the movies and the clone war show and that's it like that mm-hmm. is canon and nothing else from any of the comics or books none of it is canon and and that was great and i love that because the the old eu was just so all over the place mm-hmm. you know there were so many different creators there were so many different uh styles there were you know so many different varying levels of quality let's be honest Mm -hmm. uh and and a lot of it it was 
you know, like you'd have like one book here and one comic here and they would contradict each other and a lot of it didn't make sense. And, and some of the concepts in it were just really nonsensical and fanficy, and mm-hmm. it was, it was, it was, it was nuts. And, you know, you, you had like 25 years of, you know, basically fans uh, who had been elevated to published authors and stuff that mm-hmm. were just making Star Wars stuff and like just trying to build on everything. And it was just this ramshackle uh, monstrosity. And it's like, no, we're, we're, we're going to get rid of all of that. Mm-hmm. And we're going to very deliberately construct our own new canon and everyone you know like there's going to be it's everything's going to be connected we're going to we're going to be very careful and and you know with making sure that everything fits together Mm -hmm. uh so and then you know there's ideas from the eu that you know yeah those are great well thrawn great character let's bring him in you know like oh this planet here okay yeah we'll use that but it's it's all new yeah exactly i love that no, I do too. Uh, not to go like too into it, but like I was also happy because like um, the EU always intimidated me. <laughs> like of just like how much stuff there was in there. I, I remember grabbing a Star Wars book as a kid. I was like, oh, I'm going to read like what happened after Return of the Jedi, stuff like that. And then I read this book and I'm like, did I just pick part two of <laughs> it wasn't really specified i was like wait what what am i reading here I, yeah. I i didn't i couldn't get into it because like i didn't really know i didn't understand it but um yeah i i think this show it's a george lucas movie like a, like it, it is absolutely like like you think george lucas wouldn't do the spinny spin for uh <laughs> him, like for skag well i mean george lucas wasn't exactly the strongest director either let's be real here yeah Exactly. So um, I think people complaining about Disney Star Wars, I'm just like, did you forget uh, the prequels? Like, uh, regardless of how, like, I love the prequels personally, but I, mm. I, will, I will admit some bad storytelling and structure when I see it. Well, <laughs> forget the prequels. The original trilogy had its own mm-hmm. share of corny weirdness, too. Like, let's, you know, Luke, Luke let's, let's take sister. off our rose tinted nostalgia goggles for a second and critically look. The original trilogy was pretty weird in places, also. So, yeah, Luke Skywalker kissing his sister. Like, come on. That was weird. Or, was I was no going point. to Taji Station to pick up some power converters. Like, yeah. this your savior of the galaxy, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah, uh, exactly. It's it's corny. Or the the cringy the cringy way that uh, Han comes on to Leia and you know like he, that's just weird now. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, was, oh, uh, sorry. I, I I thought you were finishing. Continue your thought. I I think I was done. I was, okay. Well, I was going to ask you, Jeff, because uh, uh, I want to wrap things up here. Um, yeah. What did you think of like just overall? What did you think of the book of Boba Fett? Uh. And where would you I enjoyed rank, it. And sorry, and where would you rank this episode? In where would I rank this episode? Um I'd say it's on a level with episode 4. Mm-hmm. Cuz so like if I were ranking from the top down my favorite episode it would go like 6 5 4 7 3 2 1 or two, three, one, or two, something like that. Like two and three are also kind of on a level. Uh, so basically like that. So yeah, I would say it's a step down from the last couple of episodes, um, but it was, it was still, it was fun. There was a lot of it that didn't make a lot of sense, uh, but if you can just step back and just kind of like, wee, blasters, lasers, yay. Mm-hmm. You know, it's fun to watch. 
and there were some good characters in it and it and i was pleased that there were no dangling story threads because that was a concern mm-hmm. and Cobb vanth is going to be a cyborg now so that's cool yeah we didn't even talk about that like <laughs> yeah I, I just realized um Cobb vanth He's back. Like, he, <laughs> well, he's gonna be a, a robot guy, like robot pi- robot uh, cowboy. Like, that's gonna be really cool yeah. to see where Cobb Vanth fits in this Mando, Boba Fett, Ahsoka, uh, all this universe. But um, I'm yeah. excited that they didn't kill him. I was very happy. Yeah. Um, but no, I I agree. I think this like in the um, the official like ranking for the Wayward World podcast, I think it should be uh, six five seven six five seven four three four two three one I so like you're that. definitively putting it above episode four then oh i i think like i, I was kind of like green like i i don't remember i don't have it written down <laughs> um i think like i was agreeing like it should be between like five and four like, okay so around there yeah around there i think yeah while it wasn't like uh blew my mind like with crazy stuff like again i was like curbing my expectations because like the mm. last two episodes uh before episode seven were mando focused and i was just like uh, how are they gonna like wrap everything up like i'm yeah. expecting i guess i was expecting a disappointment but like actually i was very pleased yeah. i was very happy i went along for the ride i saw like we had fun with like a lot of like the the fights and everything like there, everything yeah. felt um it felt conclusive like yes we are done the best thing that this show did in my opinion it was an absolute feast for lore yes you know there was so much lore both for the galaxy and for individual characters and and cultures it was it was a great source of lore uh for the star wars galaxy and i and i will i will always love it for that just Mm -hmm. for you know for tatooine like and for for tatooine for the Tuscans, for 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 Boba, for you know, for like culture, like the whole uh, droid modification thing. That you know, that's a new thing. We've never really seen that done in a positive light before. Whenever anyone had droid modifications, it was always a, as a result of some kind of injury or something. Uh, you get more stuff for Mando. You get more backstory for Grogu. You get more stuff with Luke and Ahsoka. You get like, more like. The, the the Mandalorian lore where the conversations with the armorer and like there was just so much yeah so much expanding the lore in this show it was it, great it made me appreciate tattooing a lot like mm. I just thought like I, I kind of like which was very interesting like that's how they play tattooing it's like oh man this is just kind of like a blip in the galaxy like no you're a really bright thinks. center of the universe this is the planet that it's farthest from and it's just like it's how we've always thought of tattooing yeah and now it's just like oh no there's there's so many people and there's so like Moss, Moss, obviously at Moss Espa, uh, Freetown, mm-hmm. um, you know, Boba Fett now being in charge of all that, like the mod, like mm-hmm. you said, the mods and everything, like there's so much in Tatooine, but also like in the greater universe talking about the Jedi, um, Luke Scott, we've seen Luke Skywalker build his like Jedi temple, uh, his Jedi school, I uh, rather, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and, you know, eventually knowing what happens later on in the last Jedi, seeing Luke's arc in this was really interesting and how it will play off towards the last Jedi and make like, yeah, the seed, the seeds are already planted for, for his, his failure. Like he's, he's, he's trying his best, but you know, he's not really going about this in the best way, Mm -hmm. but it's, it's the best way that he can, that he knows the best that he can do, uh, which is is kind of sad. But again, like he's still in his twenties. 
Mm-hmm. Like he's he's in his twenties. Mm-hmm. Like how many twenty eight year olds would you trust uh, to be, to rebuild an entire you know culture and society? Like he uh, he is trying his best. Damn it. Yeah, I mean, I I could. I'm twenty eight. I could do it. <laughs> <laughs> um, but no, yeah. Overall, I enjoyed it. But like, uh, I think it it's worth a watch if you watch it all together. It's worth a watch. Like like. I think now that we know all the surprises and we're not like tense, like, oh, cameo, who's who's coming in? Who's coming? What's going to happen? What's going to happen now? Like now that we know what's going to happen, it's kind of like I've enjoyed Mandalorian season one because I was watching that again recently. And I was like, I enjoy it a lot more knowing that Mm -hmm. I enjoyed Mandalorian a lot. Season two, a lot more, too, even though I really loved Mandalorian season two. Book of Boba Fett, I'm interested to see like where that kind of fits in, even though like I'm very excited about it. Like I'm interested to watch all of it all together um, with no expectations. And I and I I envy anybody who like who hasn't seen this show yet and also hasn't been spoiled for it yet. Their ability to now just watch it as one big continuous thing, because that would I think that would definitely be the best way to watch this, Mm -hmm. assuming that you haven't been spoiled. Exactly. Uh, well, Jeff, I think uh, I think we're done. This is it. We did yeah. se- we did seven episodes of these. This is- I can't believe we did it. I can't like I-, I believed in us, but I didn't believe in myself. I believed in you, but I didn't believe in myself. Well, thank you. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. But um, but uh, Obi Wan Kenobi is our next. Ah, oh, dude, I can't wait to see. I I know so so many people are gonna hate that Obi Wan show just as much as like the Book of Boba Fett. If it is any indication, you know there are. Well, and I mean, they were everyone's looking forward to it, and then it's like it's not what I wanted. You yeah. know, <laughs> what then make I, your own show. Uh, what I want is Ewan McGregor as Obi Wan. It's been seventeen years, Jeff. Ah, uh, yeah. can you be- like? I'm gonna cry right now. Can you believe it? Like we're gonna see Ewan McGregor play Obi Wan Kenobi again. That is so yeah. like, and Hayden Christensen, the guy who got shit on like so hardcore. Like, and, and now the, everyone's like, "Yeah, Hayden's back!" Woo! And like, he's probably going to get a redemption. Like he, yeah. like, like Hayden Christensen, not Anakin Skywalker. He doesn't yeah. get redeemed until later. Well, he but. got his. Yeah, he gets his <laughs> later. But. Um, but. Hayden Christensen's going to get his redemption. Like now that he's in this Obi-Wan show and he's going to be in Ahsoka, like it's so cool. We're going to be seeing this. And like, that's like, that's yeah. my childhood, you know, like I just, mm-hmm. I have fond memories of watching revenge of the Sith and, you know, it was a hard time that year for me. Like that was during my parents' divorce and like that movie meant a lot to me. So I, I'm excited to just see Obi-Wan as Ewan McGregor. Everything else is just icing you know, <laughs> like whatever happens, like with the, like the rumor of like the grand inquisitor being in there and stuff like that. Like, uh, and this, I mean, I, mean, I, I fully expect to see some inquisitors. Yes. You I know, think. maybe, maybe we'll see, uh, like the, some of the ones that we saw in rebels, maybe we'll see new ones that we've never seen before. Yep. I there's, am there's anticipating because yeah, well, like what we've seen the seventh sister, we've seen the ninth sister, we've seen the eighth brother, we've seen the sixth brother, um, and we've seen one other one. Who was the other I, one that we've first, seen? Not to interrupt you, but I am impressed that you remember their numbers. <laughs> well, because Trilla was the second sister. Okay, yeah, we've seen right. her. The sixth brother was the one from Rebels. The seventh sister was Sarah Michelle Geller. Mm-hmm. The eighth brother was the the one on Rebels that died when his his helicopter broke 
There are a couple uh, also in the comics. And too. the night, the ninth sister was the big one from uh, from oh, Fallen, Fallen Order. So we're missing first, third, fourth, and fifth. Mm-hmm. And I fully expect uh, the first sister, and I'm calling it the first sister. I fully expect it to be Barisafi. Oh, that's interesting. That's interesting, especially since like we were talking. I don't think we talked about it last time, but uh, Grogu being in the the Jedi quarters had what looked like Barisafi's like. Well, that was yeah, that was the Easter egg that everyone was talking about. Like, oh, it's the same crest that she had in her room. And uh, but what's what's getting to me is because the seventh sister was uh, Marillion, just like Barris was, and uh, but the the main thing is. is the the Grand Inquisitor was was disillusioned by the the Jedi Order because of the speech that Barris gave in her trial? Like Ooh. that's what sowed the seeds of doubt in his mind was her. Wow. So like, there's got to be more of her involved in this. Yeah, um, it'll be interesting to see. Um, I know May the Fourth, we're gonna get a trailer. That's that that's they're pretty much setting up for that. But we're gonna have to see right now. Um, we can only say goodbye and all right uh, we had a good time. i'm gonna go i'm gonna go play hades i think nice good game good game to play yeah. um before we go jeff do you have any last words watch arcane yes watch arcane i i i, I, I will get to that i promise i i, I, ha- I, I, I had thinking, to sneak it in i keep thinking about arcane because of you and i'm just like hey, i gotta watch it but i uh, yeah well i'll watch it i promise okay <laughs> um, but now my legitimate last words though that that was I was joking, but uh, my la- my legitimate last words. Uh, may the force be with you. Yeah, and I will see you again when we watch Obi Wan. Maybe we don't know. We have we haven't made an announcement yet. <laughs> yeah, but uh, no. But I mean, like, even if we don't do the podcast, I'm I'm still going to talk to you about it. Oh so. yeah, certainly, certainly. Um, that's actually, that's what I was talking about. Without further ado, it's been real. <laughs>